Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 18, Episode 3, Throwing Stones in Glass Houses. Now, this episode, I actually was entertained. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Janelle using her voice, saying what we were all thinking, and standing up for herself, and she did it so well. Now, Cody was infuriating as fuck, of course. He did his usual menu of behaviors, projecting, deflecting, manipulating, playing the victim, gaslighting, twisting shit, and lying. He played the victim. He even had the audacity to suggest this episode that, of all things, Janelle was gaslighting him. Of course, knowing full well he was the one gaslighting the fuck out of her. Cody's an angry, condescending, little toddler, and he showed his anger this episode in his confrontation with Janelle. Now, Janelle used her voice this episode. It was so satisfying to watch. She stood up for herself. She made her points well, intelligently, articulately. She said everything we have all said, at least about the way we see Cody act and treat her, some of the other wives, and some of the other kids in the family, the way we see Cody behave on the show. Now, Janelle told Cody he manipulates, he twists, he lies. She told Cody he was going to fucking listen when she spoke. And Cody left like a coward. His balls just shriveled up. Janelle admitted that she felt Cody used the Rona and his protocols to push her out intentionally. And now he was beating the drum of he and Janelle having to sort their differences out and him having to sort the rift out with his sons before the family can get back together. He's setting another hoop to jump through, another barrier with beating this drum that everything swept under the rug has to be sorted out now before they can get together. Cody blamed Janelle, accusing her of keeping him from his kids, of turning them against him. He seriously attempted to try to suggest that Janelle was gaslighting him as he was in the process of gaslighting her. Projection much. Un-fucking-believable with Kotex. Now, this episode, the most dramatic moment, perhaps, was when Cody pointed directly at cameras, full of vitriol, shouting in Janelle's face, shouting like a moron at Janelle, saying, you tell them, blah, blah, blah. Cody has lost it. He wanted Janelle to tell the world what a bad guy he is. Cody's lost it. He is completely unhinged. And Janelle admits that Cody did the same thing he did with Mary and Christine, and now he's doing it with her, with Janelle. He's blaming Janelle now of the same things that he accused Christine and Mary of. And she tells the truth this episode. She keeps it real. A hundred, saying what we all have thought this episode.
Janelle says what we all have thought. She says that Cody wants out. So he pushes out everyone. He ignores the wives, getting them to be the ones to call it quits so that he doesn't have to be the bad guy. Now, Cody admits that he's angry this episode and he meets with his friends for some man time, where he seems to take a grain, a speck of accountability in front of his friends. But that's only because Cody's friends, these guys we've seen before, his brother Michael, the guy whose wedding he officiated, Brian, and his other friend Nathan, kind of hold Cody slightly to things. And Cody knows he probably can't bullshit them. Now, they don't hold his feet to the fire as much as they should have. Cody isn't taking full accountability at all. But he suggests, you know, maybe there were mistakes, that his anger destroyed his relationships. But I believe he's only saying these things in front of his friends because they're not going to let Cody's man-child bullshit fly. Cody admits he didn't always make the right choices and he didn't always behave the right way. And then he fucks it all up, of course, by saying that he would apologize to Christine for some of his mistakes to free her to release her. What the fuck? Who does Kotex think he is? Cody is the one who lets Christine run around rent-free in his mind 24-7 like an unhinged nut. When Christine admits freely with gusto that it's awesome to no longer be married to this guy. She feels relief that she's no longer with him. And she is grateful to no longer be married to Cody. She also said that she thinks, Cody thinks, she thinks about him way more than she does. And she doesn't think about Cody at all, in fact. But Cody is obsessed with thinking about Christine, with hating her, with stewing in his toxicity towards her. She has moved forward. Why can't he? His ego is his worst obstacle. Cody says that his obstacle to his goals in life, his obstacles were his family, his wives and kids, this plural family. I think his biggest obstacle is his ego, really. So Cody, again, he says... He would, if Christine wanted to talk to him, he would apologize for some of his mistakes to free her, to release her, as if he is the one who can grant her peace, as if she can't get over him unless he just releases her. She doesn't fucking need that. He's the one that needs that. Who the fuck does he think he is? It's such bullshit. In front of his man friends, he was saying, Well, I didn't always make the right choices. I didn't always behave right. My anger ruined some of my relationships. And then he fucks it all up with, oh, oh, well, you know, I'd apologize, you know, to release her as if, oh, he's so powerful and he has power over her and he's doing this kind, generous thing, releasing her. What the fuck? She got over him right away. She had wanted this for so long. She feels relieved. He's the one who's stewing in his toxicity, stewing in his bitterness, can't get over her. And now he wants to go and release her, apologize to her to release her. What the fuck? Get out of here. Cody's ego really is his worst obstacle. 
He is a scrambled freak. Seriously, this guy is a freak. He can't be the hero anymore. He can't flip the script or manage the optics. And seeing Janelle really hold her own and say her piece this episode was moving. It was satisfying to see her make her point so well. Janelle, really, she maintained her composure. She was dignified. She was diplomatic, as difficult as that whole thing was. As Cody became increasingly unhinged, he was shouting, screaming, being very angry, pointing his finger in her face. It was very disrespectful and very condescending, the manner in which he was speaking to her. He became increasingly unhinged, and Janelle maintained her composure. I was cheering at my TV screen like, yes, queen, yes, queen, because you could tell it was like everything she wanted to say for so long just poured out, the levee broke, and out came her truth, and the way Cody responded was priceless, and it really just showed his character, it showed what a fool he is, it showed what a manipulator he is, how toxic he is, and what he is like when the mask falls, when he is confronted with the truth. When his usual playbook of toxic tactics are an effort in futility. Janelle was fucking awesome, and I seriously admired the way she handled herself with that toxic sludge. She's a boss. That's amazing. And every time Janelle mentioned one of Cody's tactics or strategies, you could see his balls shrivel up and shrivel up some more. It was amazing. God save the queen. God save the queen. This episode opens with Cody explaining how he, his brother Michael, and his friend Nathan like to do man trips. They're men. Rah! <laughs> when Cody called it a man trip, I seriously, I could not stop laughing at my TV. It, he's like so hilarious. <laughs> the way this is, we're doing man time. We're doing man stuff. <laughs> so anyway, Cody's on his man trip and he's in Oklahoma at Brian's place. Cody's brother, Michael, is in his mid-30s, so according to Cody, his brother is a generation younger than him. Now, Cody wasn't raised in polygamy, as we know. His parents taught Cody about polygamy when he was younger, but they didn't practice polygamy until Cody was an adult. And we learn Cody has five sisters and four brothers, including him. And Nathan, Cody's friend who's on the trip, has been Cody's friend for years. He is a fundamentalist Mormon and he has had a plural marriage and he's also had a divorce. So Nathan has a wife that he loves at home and he has another wife he loves at home who is leaving him just like Cody. They're in the same boat. So Brian isn't a polygamist. He's also on the trip with Cody. He's mainstream and he was a bachelor until a year ago. Of course, Brian is the guy whose wedding Cody officiated. Cody has a heart to heart with his friends over sex in the city with some angel whisper rosé and some bonbons as they braid each other's hair. Now, Cody tells his man friends that all he is thinking about is that Christine is leaving 
him. Now, Cody has been bitching with his boys about Christine. They're having a bitch fest, eating their bonbons, braiding their hair. And Cody tells them that he is bitter and he's yelling about it. And he has been whining to these men, his man friends, about his divorce with Christine. And Cody says this is like a men's group for him, going to a men's group or going to a therapy session for him. Now, I wonder who's most likely to braid Goldilocks's hair and massage in the follicle booster spray before bedtime. The Made in Gina hair follicle booster spray. Nathan or Brian, I would say. Who do you guys think? I don't know. I'd say Nathan, but who knows? Now, Cody gives Nathan the distinction of being his dear friend. And Cody admits that he's been whining about Christine for a while. Therapy session, his guy's night, you know? Brian explains to Cody that there are stages of grief. And he says, with a divorce, it's the same thing as grief. You're going to go through stages. And Brian feels like Cody might feel disbelief right now. Like, maybe I can't believe this is happening. And Cody admits, yes, it was disbelief. He says, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, his boxes were packed and put in the garage, and Cody wondered what was going on. Now, I don't see the mystery. There is really no room for misinterpretation. Why would Cody play act at being befuddled by Christine drawing the line and wanting him out? He refused to attend his daughter's major surgery, and then he tried to manipulate Christine by using sex as a bargaining chip to attempt to get Christine to be friendlier to Robin. Among other things, Christine then wanted Cody to no longer sleep there. She voiced what she wanted, what her boundary was. She probably felt hurt. She probably felt betrayed around Cody. She probably felt unsafe around Cody. We don't know. Only Christine knows how she felt. But Cody knows that his behavior led him here. And he knows the boxes in the garage was not a semi blindsiding him out of nowhere on the freeway. Cody was in disbelief and he says he was shocked when Christine moved his stuff into the garage. Cody says that he's still in the anger state, but it's over now. Christine has left, but Cody is still feeling a lot of anger about the fallout, the civil war with the family. In the very beginning, Cody's first reaction was relief. And then he moved on to anger. And then he went online and he tried to research getting a divorce. And he wondered how to manage keeping things amiable with the kids during a divorce. Now, Cody says that he found a really big walk away from women movement. And he says, it's about angry men who have been left. And Cody thinks that poisoned him. And he got angry and he went around to Robin and he went around to Janelle. And they felt like he was a woman hater. I wonder if Cody found an incel group. A lot of the ways that he acts remind me of that. 
Now, Robin told Cody this was affecting their relationship in a terrible way. So now Cody wants to blame his poison, his vitriol, his misogyny, the way he emotionally abused, neglected, resented, and manipulated his wives, his hatred, his anger on the misogynistic propaganda websites for dick faces who are probably incels who live in their grandmother's basements. It's the internet's fault, guys, that Cody found this walk away from women movement. Cody is so hateful, guys. He's so toxic. And it's not his fault because he found it on a website online. It's the incel movement that he found online. It's not his fault. Blech. Gross. Fuck that. And fuck those excuses. Now, Robin says that she has witnessed Cody's process throughout this divorce. And she says he's all over the place. One minute he's angry, the next he's sad, the next minute he's upset, and then another minute he is in a peaceful place, thinking maybe this was all just meant to be. And then he switches back to being angry. It sounds to me like Cody can't regulate his emotions and like Cody has issues. If minute by minute he could be in any mood and you're walking on eggshells never knowing what the fuck you're going to get. That's very unpleasant for the people around him, I'm sure. Now, Robin says, you will be sitting there talking to Cody and he goes down this crazy wild ride and all of a sudden you're on the Cody coaster. Robin laughs and she says, it's scary. Now, Cody seems to flip emotionally minute by minute with no ability to harness his emotions, with no ability to control his own mindset. He doesn't seem stable. Now, Cody's friends express to Cody that when you encounter anger, the root of anger is in two things. It's either in fear or it's in self-delusion and self-deception. And Cody's friend tells him he has to look in the mirror And Cody has to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Cody has to own everything completely. Now, I have to say, his friends have been very patient with him. They know he's a man-child, and they've really given him some really stellar advice. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So Cody admits that he is in the self-deception phase. And he says, there was this moment when Christine told him she didn't want him to stay at her place anymore, and he was ambivalent because his first thought was, he thought she was just playing a game. Yes, just because Cody manipulates and everything's a game and everything's a competition, it doesn't mean that everyone else plays games with him. But because Cody has that mindset and that type of character, he expects everyone to do that to him too. Now, Cody says with Christine being gone, there is relief. The fallout with the whole family is grief and sadness. And Cody says the kids struggle with sadness. The kids struggle with the grief. And Cody thinks the kids struggle. Their biggest fantasy every child has is that their parents will love each other their whole lives long. Cody thinks with the divorce and the whole breakup, he has this checkmark 
of shame. Notice the shame isn't for Cody regretting the trauma and the hurt he caused others in his family with his bad behavior. It's about Cody having this black mark against him that the women left him and that reflects badly on him. That's what Cody's concern is. Not the shame and regret for his behavior. No, the shame because now he's been divorced three times. The black mark that the women left him. It's the shame that he has a divorce on his reputation. It looks bad on him. It's not shame for how he treated his ex-wives, the mothers of his kids, or how he treats his kids. It's not shame for viewing his family as enemies and treating them like the obstacles to his goals in life. It's shame for how bad he looks that he is now a divorced man, that these women left him. That's Cody's main concern, the optics for him. There is no shame. There is no real remorse for the emotional suffering and the hurt and the pain he caused his ex-wives or his kids. This is about Cody and his reputation and his image and how he will look now as a divorced man, how he will look now that the mask has slipped. Now, Cody's brother wonders, who wants to roll the dice at all anymore with marriage being a 50-50 shot? It might work out and it might not. Now, Cody's friend thinks COVID has changed a lot of things in their society. And they have another friend getting divorced because the couple, being together all the time during the pandemic, they just decided they couldn't take each other. They couldn't stand it. So apparently a lot of this divorce issue, especially with Cody, oh, the pandemic and the Rona, oh, it has so much to do with it. No, it's not about the COVID. Now, Cody tries to make it about that, but that has very little to do with actually why his wives decided to leave him. It's about much more than that. And his relationships with his kids are also about much more than COVID and issues with how Cody handled the COVID. It's way beyond that, in my opinion. Robin always encourages her best customer to have his guy time. She can't wait to get him the fuck out of her hair because it's a really hard job to have to take care of all of those kids. And having a sixth child whose ego she constantly has to prop up to keep his emotions in check, to keep him behaving in a normal manner, to keep him functional and communicating in a normal manner without hostility, to keep him in that good place, to walk on eggshells, to coddle, to blow smoke, to cook ego feasts all day long and to manage that toddler It's a lot of extra work. So she probably loves it when Cody goes for his guy's time. Robin thinks that it's important for men to spend time with men. They need men time and women need women time. Everybody needs that. It's important. In other words, Robin needs a break. Robin needs space. She wants Kotex the fuck out of her hair. Now, Janelle says when they lived in Utah, Cody had man time fairly regularly and they called it testosterone Tuesday. Cody says that polygamy can be a gift where it dilutes personalities. 
Now, this was incredibly offensive and condescending, of course. I'm sure his wives didn't appreciate it. I know Mary didn't appreciate it. If I was his wife, just as a female viewer, I didn't appreciate it. But Cody said, in other words, basically what Cody said when saying polygamy can be a gift where it dilutes personalities, Cody basically, when he decides that a wife is being difficult or inconvenient, if she isn't cooking that ego feast and buying into his hero narrative constantly, Cody can then switch and invest in an easier wife, a more convenient wife, a more obedient wife. And it conditions the women, the wives, to keep sweet, to stay pleasant, to stay easy, and to shove down their voice, to shove down their issues, to shove it all under the rug, so they are the chosen wife that he will go to, that he will lavish with attention, even just for that week, so they can get whatever security or reassurance they need to push through from their own night with their husband since they only get one out of four. Now, Cody's gross and he says if he is married to a woman who is cantankerous, not those rowdy cantankerous ones, those pesky independent ones, the ones with the brains between their ears, oh no. When a woman is cantankerous, if he is married to a woman who is cantankerous and he decides he doesn't enjoy her, he can't leave her But it would be nice, he says, to have another wife, basically a more convenient wife, a more convenient option, a second wife to go to, another option, because then he can avoid his problematic wife for a little bit. He might be around her for a short while and then be able to move on to someone else. And it would be nice if he is the cantankerous one that his wife might be thinking that it might be nice if he had another wife around so that she can get away from him, so she can get a break from him when he is being difficult. Now, when confronted with that, Janelle's response was that Cody hit it on the nose with that. Now, Cody says, if you dilute it more and more and more, it can go both ways. It can be helpful for the wives to have multiple wives and be helpful for the men. Now, Mary says, those kinds of comments make her want to vomit, and she suggests that maybe you should look at the whole big picture then in a situation like that and figure out how you can work together and be together instead of using somebody else, a second wife or a third wife, as an escape. Now, Mary asks, are you kidding me? She seems very fed up with what she was told Cody said in the confessional. She knows that's bullshit. She knows it's insulting to women who participate in polygamy as if they are just there to be a more convenient option for their husband, a go-to when another choice, another option for the husband is difficult that day. That is such condescending, misogynistic garbage. It's disrespectful as fuck and it relegates the polygamist wives to women preferred and ranked based on their level of convenience and subservience to the husband, how much they are willing to shove down their voice to keep sweet and people please the husband. And the more they coddle him, the easier they are, the more they prop up the guy's ego, the more obedient they are, and the more they fulfill that twisted hero narrative 
that this asshole wants to play out, the more preference then the man has for them, the more favor he has for them, the more time and investment. It's sick, it's cruel, it's toxic, and it's manipulative as fuck. And I'm glad Janelle and Christine and by now Mary are free of this idiot. Cody's friends ask Cody how it will be for him if Christine moves on when she has another relationship. Cody says he might feel funny when it happens. He might get jealous when it happens. But Cody says he feels betrayed, no doubt. But he also is going, have a good life. And he wonders, what can he do about it? He won't be bothered, he says, when another guy is in Christine's life. He at least doesn't think he'll be bothered when another guy is in Christine's life. But he knows there's nothing he could do about it. He doesn't think he'll be bothered. That's what he says. Uh, sorry, but he's still having trouble wrapping his mind around the fact that he hates Christine and she never even thinks about him. She is relieved to be free of him. She has moved on. She lives in Cody's mind 24-7 rent-free and he has the nerve to fix his mouth to say he won't be bothered when she finds a man which she has, of course. Cody will be bothered as fuck. And when Christine first wanted to divorce him, Cody's main concern was that she would find another man and that man would steal all of Cody's coins and go after him because he's so important and he's so rich. He's so famous. My opinion is when Cody finds out about David, when we see that on the show, if we see that on the show, Cody will be bothered as fuck And he'll probably take it out on the one wife he has left, frankly, in my opinion. Now, Cody's brother asks him what he would do differently to go back and save the marriage with Christine. And Cody says there was one time in his life when he realized the biggest mistake he made. It was when Christine was in this disconnect situation where she was telling him, how much she hated polygamy. She was disconnected. And Cody's mistake was going, what the hell? You have a family that you wouldn't have. If you didn't have polygamy, you wouldn't have me. You wouldn't have our children. Instead of him telling her, I know it's hard, baby. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry you're hurting. Cody got angry instead of validating Christine, instead of trying to understand her. And he regrets that, apparently. Christine explains that it wasn't just about her hating polygamy. She says it was her realizing that after she gave so much and she did anything Cody wanted her to do, she did everything. But when she needed help, Cody said no. And Christine says they aren't just her kids and her responsibility. Her kids are both of their children. And Christine says Cody did an amazing job being super daddy with Robin. And he started immediately helping Robin with everything. He was super dad. And as soon as she joined the family, Cody was all in helping with Robin and her kids. He was able to be super dad, but he wasn't able to do that with Christine and her kids. Now, Cody explains that back in Lehigh, he worked 60 hours a week and Christine was the demanding one. 
Christine was asking Cody for things that plural marriage didn't really afford women generally. They weren't things that Robin ever got. That's Cody's excuse. They weren't things that Robin ever got. Now we know that's a lie and I'll get there in a second. Now Robin says parenting is never easy in plural marriage. It's never easy in monogamy or in any type of lifestyle you live in. Now Cody is gone three-fourths of the time and she says that's why she had childcare to help her because Robin says she couldn't ask Cody to help because he has too much on his plate. Now, we know from Christine that when Christine asked Cody for help tucking in her kids when she had a high-risk pregnancy and she was filming the show and she was also staying home with all the kids and doing homeschooling, she was also working a part-time job. And she asked Cody to just tuck in her kids at night And he refused to help. And he said it was more than the other wives got. And Robin here says she never asked Cody for help. She got the childcare. So she never has to ask Cody because he has so much on his plate. But she has asked Cody to babysit her kids before. In fact, we learned from Christine that Cody babysat one day. It was supposed to be Christine's day with Cody and her kids. And Robin's kids were imposed on their already limited family time. Cody brought Robin's kids along. He babysat them all day long. So Robin does ask and Cody does oblige, even if it's more than the other wives got. Yet when Christine asked Cody for help, Cody refused. And Robin claiming that she doesn't ask Cody for that, that is is a lie. She asks Cody for that kind of help and he does it. Brian asks Cody if Christine called tomorrow and said that she wanted to talk about this. He wonders, would Cody be there? And Cody says, well, he'd have to keep his anger down, but he feels he has been humbled enough by this experience to say, okay, yes, Christine, I did some things wrong And he says he would want to acknowledge it and say that he is sorry and he would want to essentially set her free by apologizing to her. Now, Christine feels relieved, of course, that she isn't married to Cody. She is free. She moved on. And again, Cody is the one who can't let go. And his ego wants to now frame it as he is so graciously doing her a favor by apologizing, by taking a speck of accountability. That's setting her free. Bitch, she was set free long ago. He's not doing anything. He's setting his mind free. He's the one who can't let go of her. As if he has power over her to set her free. He is setting her free. As if it's a kindness. As if Christine needs it. When he is the angry, bitter asshole who is obsessed with her. What an idiot. Now, Brian tells Cody when he is looking into his other marriages, he will now know what not to do. He'll know what not to do now. And he'll know that 100%. Now, the biggest lesson Cody has gotten from the divorce experience 
is that anger is a sword that stabs indiscriminately. And Cody says his anger was affecting everybody else. And the kids wondered what they did to their dad. They were asking, Mom, what did we do to dad? And his wives were wondering what they have done to him. That's how angry Cody was. That's how much he mistreated everyone. Now, Cody says it's been an experience. And he says his anger has affected his relationship with Robin. His anger has affected his relationship with Janelle very much. And Cody thinks Janelle is on the defensive now and he can't figure out why. And if he reflects for a bit, he realizes he is really angry. He is challenged with his relationship with Janelle. But Cody thinks once they get some things worked out, they will be fine. I don't think so. Now, Janelle explains that before Thanksgiving, they had a conversation in Robin's yard where it became apparent to her that she would need to do a separate holiday with her kids. And Cody has been out of town for a week or so. So now Cody is coming over to have a conversation with Janelle. And Janelle wants Cody to understand that she is doing a separate Christmas. She needs to finalize those plans with Cody so that he is made aware. Cody explains that he and Janelle have been struggling. And at the same time, he is at this place where he really is begging for something deeper. Was Cody begging for something deeper when he asked Janelle to become more obedient and more loyal to essentially morph herself and change to become more like Robin, to become more of a Stepford wife? Change everything about you and then we'll be good. Change everything about you and then I'll invest in this marriage. Does Cody think that that would inspire any woman, much less the mother of his kids who's been with him for way over 20 years, to want to be closer to him or have something deeper with him? Or would it maybe inspire her to want to stay the fuck away from him? Now, Janelle is quiet when Cody walks in. She's working. She seems kind of distant. She's not exactly short with him, but she just gives short answers. She's not really engaging him. And Cody doesn't seem to get it. He's complaining about how cold it is. He's always bitching and moaning about something. And Cody says he sees the writing on the wall. He says this happened with Christine and he doesn't want to be in that place with Janelle. But it feels like Janelle has been completely insensitive to that. Yes, everyone's insensitive to him, but he can be incredibly insensitive to Isabel not going to her surgery as her father to her major surgery. He can be incredibly insensitive to Gabe and to a lot of his kids. He forgot Gabe's birthday completely. Like he called him up to bitch about his COVID symptoms, but he forgot on this day, holy fuck, my son was born. I mean, what the fuck? He complains about insensitivity. He's the most insensitive one of them all. He expects kid gloves and to be coddled and sensitivity to him. But when it comes to other people in his family, he wants to treat them like shit. Now, Cody immediately has complaints. He has criticisms. And Cody complains that Janelle has a tiny Christmas tree. And Janelle announces, well, she is taking her tiny Christmas tree with her to the Airbnb. She is treading very lightly here because she can't get a read on Cody. 
They haven't discussed the separate holiday since the fiasco on Robin's porch where they discussed Christmas. And again, for the 10 millionth time, we see the flashback scene again recycled. We don't have dementia. TLC, it's insulting to the audience to recycle a scene that many times. For fuck's sake. Janelle and Christine are doing the holiday at the Airbnb and Cody insists that he wants a conversation with the boys and he backtracks on the apology that he originally demanded and insisted on and he throws a bitch fit and Janelle says that there has been no movement on either side. Cody hasn't called the boys and the boys haven't called Cody and they shouldn't call Cody. The ball is in his court. Janelle knows this won't resolve itself. I really don't think that the boys should be the ones to call Cody. He has to call first. He has to take accountability. He has to explain what he did wrong. He has to explain why he behaved that way. And he has to explain that he understands how it affected his kids and the family he has to show that he understands the suffering and the hurt and the pain that he caused. He has to be responsible for his behavior and change it. And it's not on the boys to call him. It's on Cody to call his boys. When and only when he is prepared to man up, take full accountability, and to be real. Now, Cody wants to know about the Airbnb. He wants to know who got it, how big it is, this and that. He has 10 million questions. He seems very curious. Janelle is letting Cody know when their son Hunter is coming in and where he's going to be staying. Cody doesn't even seem to know at all what Hunter's plans are. Why doesn't Cody call and try to make amends in some way? Instead, he seems to get tidbits here and there from his wife without making any effort at all to try to talk to his boys himself. Now, Cody says the whole house thing that they're doing, he thinks as much as this is probably his fault, it's like a knife right through his heart. So Cody admits they're getting the whole Airbnb and they're doing the separate Christmas. He thinks it's probably his fault, but it's like a knife right through his heart. Guess what? Nobody cares. It was like a knife right through Isabel's heart when she was crying in the confessional about her father not going to her major surgery, about not feeling important enough, like she mattered enough, like she was loved enough for her father to prioritize her during major surgery. It was also heartbreaking to see Gabe cry. It felt like a knife through his heart to see him cry, that his dad would call him to bitch about his Rona symptoms, but not to remember, wow, this is the day my son was born. My son matters enough to me that I remember his birthday. This is some fuckery. No one cares about the knife through his heart. He didn't care when he put knives through everyone else's heart, did he? Cody isn't a victim. Cody feels like Janelle's Christmas tree represents the complete degradation of their family unit. And Cody feels overwhelmed by this. And then he says he feels an adrenaline rush and it's absolutely heartbreaking to him. Oh, poor victim. Oh. Cody wants to know who is getting the short-term rental. He wants to know how big it is. He really has all the questions. He's a nosy fucking Nancy. 
I would have been like, sir, are you paying for this? Are you planning on visiting your sons there and being a man? You don't get to ask questions about the fucking Airbnb, not your place. It's unbelievable the amount of questions he had. Janelle divulges way more than I would have. She tells Cody that she and Christine are sharing the rental and Christine is going to come after Christmas because Isabel and Truly really want to see him. Now, Janelle's boys had wondered if their dad might come over. Janelle wasn't optimistic. And Cody says, no, he isn't coming over. He says he has a house. He has a place where they would have Christmas. And Janelle tells Cody he put a stipulation on it. And Cody says, no, he just wants to talk to his boys. And he points his finger at Janelle and he starts getting really irate. And he tells her they aren't going to. And he starts doing his thing, trying to talk over Janelle. And Janelle tries to speak. She tells Cody he told her and Cody won't let Janelle even get a full sentence out. He's very rude. He's disrespectful. He's talking over her, raising his voice, pointing in her face, being rude as fuck. Cody interrupts her before she can get out the full sentence about he told her the boys had to apologize and he tells her no, no, no. He backpedals and he says, Janelle, she can ride that all she wants, but he corrected that completely. Whether he took it back or not, it was still inappropriate of him to ever suggest that the boys should apologize. Janelle tells Cody that he kept flipping it on her and he corrected it too late. And she already told the boys that unless they apologized, they couldn't come to Christmas. And Cody asks Janelle if she corrected it when he backpedaled. And I just want to point out when Janelle mentions, well, Isabel and Truly really want to see you. All Cody says is, yeah, dismissively, like full of anger. Yeah. Like he's not excited, doesn't really want to see them. Not, oh, I'd love to see my girls. Oh, this is an opportunity for me. He keeps saying that he doesn't get access to his kids. He doesn't get to have good relationships with them. Here the girls are coming, traveling all the way to Flagstaff, saying they want to spend time with their dad. And his reaction isn't, oh, yay, I get to have a relationship with my kids. It's so important to me. I want to see my kids. His reaction when Janelle mentions, Isabel and Truly really want to see you. Yeah. Notice he gets access to his kids. He gets to see his kids. He doesn't want to. His reaction, yeah, yeah. Now, Cody asks if Janelle corrected it when he backpedaled and it changed from an apology to a conversation. Now, in confessional, Janelle asks what kind of conversation could even happen without her boys issuing an apology to make it safe first. And she does air quotes when she says this. She says, what kind of conversation could happen without our boys issuing an apology to make it safe for them to get together to even have a conversation? Janelle knows how it's going to work, that ultimately the boys are going to have to apologize. She says the mechanics are still the same, whether it's called a conversation, whether it's called an apology. Now, Cody tells Janelle to stop misrepresenting him to his kids. He tells Janelle to stop representing for him to his kids. Now, Janelle never misrepresented anything. 
and Cody refuses to talk to his sons directly. His balls are shriveled. He acts like a petulant coward. Now, he demanded the apology, and then he realized it would be a cold day in hell before he ever received one. It would be a cold day in hell before anyone ever kissed the rings of he and his shop lady. And he then backtracked and he changed the apology to a conversation at Robin's urging that it's a conversation, not an apology. And that conversation would technically still require an apology. So Cody felt that it was safe to even have the conversation. So I just want to be clear that in my opinion, nothing was misrepresented at all by Janelle. And let's note, Cody has made no effort to call his sons or to communicate or to initiate any type of conversation. He just wants to make demands on TV and through his ex-wife, he wants to make ridiculous demands he knows can never be met if anyone has any respect for themselves. And then he blames Janelle for misrepresenting him after backtracking, trying to renegotiate the same irrational demand just by framing it differently. It's absolute bullshit. Whether it's referred to as an apology or a conversation, Cody still expects the same demands. He knows these demands are impossible to meet and that if his sons respect themselves, which I'm sure they do, that they're not going to go cower and meet those ridiculous demands. Cody then blames Janelle for misrepresenting him after he is the one who backtracked trying to renegotiate the same irrational demand just by framing it differently. Now, Janelle tells Cody to call his boys himself And she says he always puts it back on her. And Cody tells Janelle that phone goes both ways and he has been available to talk to them as if the kids should be the ones to call him. Cody needs to grow up, grow a pair, be a man, and call his sons. It's not on his sons to call him. Who the fuck does he think he is? Now, Janelle says it still surprises her that Cody feels... Like it's her responsibility to facilitate this relationship between him and his children. He is a parent as much as she is. And Janelle says, all this stuff, Cody is just flipping this back on her. Janelle did a beautiful job managing Cody and communicating and having this conversation with him. And Cody was incredibly disrespectful. He lied. He used all of his toxic tactics. Janelle called him out. And when none of his usual methods work, Cody's ball shriveled up and he walked away like a coward instead of facing it like a man and having a conversation and respecting the mother of his kids. Now, Janelle says Cody is flipping everything back on her. Cody says he flips it back on Janelle because it belongs on her. And Janelle tells Cody it doesn't belong on her. She asks Cody, why does it belong on me? Why does it belong on me? And Cody says it belongs on Janelle because she didn't support his stand when it came to actually doing the Rona stuff, the protocols. 
Janelle says she was protecting her children and Cody said, choose your loyalties or you're not going to have a husband anymore. So Janelle asks, so I'm just supposed to choose between my husband, Cody, or my children? That's what Cody asked of her. That's what he said. That's what he wanted her to do. It's me or them. And Cody says he was just asking for her to support what he is doing. That's all she has to do. And he asks Janelle if she understands that parents are supposed to make a united front. Cody is such a condescending little twat. It's hard for me to fucking watch him. Now, in confessional, Janelle says she is now being accused of a lot of what he accused Mary of and everything he accused Christine of. And Janelle says Cody is now acting like this is her fault, all of it. And Cody tells Janelle she knew the rules and she undermined them. And Janelle says Cody didn't give them rules. And Cody insists they talked about what the rules were daily, every day. And Janelle says they didn't get the list of rules until November. Now that's what we saw on the show, that they got them like right before the Thanksgiving. Now Cody says the list was nothing. They were already talking about the rules and everyone was denying it anyways. And Cody is so tired of Janelle gaslighting him. Cody is tired, guys. He's so tired of everybody gaslighting him about the Rona rules. And Janelle tells Cody he is gaslighting her, saying he feels so pressured and all of this bullshit. And she tells Cody this is him saying he doesn't want to do it, but he wants to make it her fault. And it's him saying I don't want to do it, but I want to make it your fault. Basically, he wants to make it her fault that things don't work out and that she leaves him. Now, Janelle gets that Cody no longer wants the responsibility of plural marriage and being present and active and engaged with all of his wives and kids. He no longer wants to participate and hold up his end of the deal. He wants out. He wants to create shifting goalposts and he wants to create obstacles and make impossible demands so he can blame Janelle and deflect and make it her fault that he isn't there doing what he should be as a husband and a father. He wants to blame her and push her out without being the bad guy, without being the one calling it quits. Cody's a coward. Janelle gets this. And rather than Cody doing this with respect and love and dignity, saying, I can't do this anymore, and doing this with care and facing it like a man, Cody would rather emotionally abuse and neglect and ice out and manipulate and twist and lie and play the victim to push out and alienate his wives so he can blame everyone for leaving him. And he can separate the family and be free of his obstacles to his goals in life without him himself being the bad guy, taking the coward's way out, doing this with as much pain and hurt and suffering emotionally as possible for everyone involved in his family. Rather than Cody doing this the right way, 
being a man and doing this as healthily and as functionally as possible, maybe separating from his wife, saying he doesn't want to do this, but doing this with love, doing this with respect. Instead, he wants to hurt everyone, be abusive and toxic and push everyone away and inflict the most hurt and suffering as possible because Cody is a coward. Because Cody prefers not to be the bad guy. He would rather hurt everyone around him than God forbid be the bad guy. He would rather be toxic and do this with as much pain and hurt as possible for everyone involved. He would rather be a coward rather than being the bad guy, rather than being a man, because God forbid he gets that black mark of shame attached to him. His ego can make him still feel like the good guy, the one who never said when, the one who never called it quits. It's not his fault they all left him. And it doesn't matter if Cody's actions caused all of this because he is free and clear. Fuck the extra suffering and fuck the hurt he causes those pesky obstacles to his goals in life, his family, his kids and ex-wives. He would have nothing without them, but fuck it. Who cares? He's not the bad guy, guys. Cody would have nothing without his family, without his ex-wives, without his kids. Next, Cody tells Janelle that she needs to stop throwing him under the bus. And Janelle tells Cody he needs to stop throwing her under the bus. And she says he acts like this is her fault. And he has somehow set her up like this is her fault. And she asks the Teflon queen, isn't that what he said? Isn't that what he called her? And of course, Cody did call Janelle the Teflon queen. That's the name of one of the episodes in an earlier season. And Cody says yes, because she won't take responsibility for her own actions. Because he feels Janelle won't take responsibility for her own actions. That's why he called her the Teflon queen. This is all bullshit and projection, of course. Janelle takes accountability. Cody takes zero. Cody wants to focus on everyone else's accountability, but he'll never focus on his own. Or what about his precious Robin's accountability? Oh, an angel, cap in hand, oh, shop lady, oh. Where's the part where Cody and Robin sit and really actually take full accountability? Janelle tells Cody she did nothing. She sat home, she did what she was supposed to do, but she says it was never good enough for him. He wanted her to kick the boys out. It's interesting how the man incapable of taking even a grain of sand's worth of actual accountability is accusing Janelle of not being responsible for her actions. The man who shouts, own it, own it, the loudest is a pauper conscience poor, owning nothing, carrying that ego just takes all he's got. He doesn't have any more left in him to take even a shred of accountability. Carrying that ego just takes all he's got. This guy is so disingenuous and he's so predictable. Toxic tactics, projection, deflection, manipulation, emotional abuse, 
neglect. Those things are all he has to work with. And Janelle isn't letting any of this crap fly and I am here for it. Now, as a viewer, it is satisfying to see Janelle speak freely. But imagine in this moment how stressful and how frustrating this was in the moment for her to have to live through. And she knew it was done. She knew it was over and she was going to speak and she did. And I was cheering the whole time for Janelle. She's a queen. She fucking ruled this episode. Now, Cody tells Janelle, this is all I need. He says all he needs is to not sit here and pretend that at Christmas time, nothing is wrong. Janelle says that Cody acts like this is not his fault. And Cody asks if she wants this relationship between them to work. And Janelle doesn't know. And she says when Cody says, choose your loyalties, choose between him or her children, she doesn't know. And Cody says, now Janelle is literally gaslighting him. Now, obviously, Janelle isn't gaslighting Cody and Cody doesn't understand that term. But Cody always gaslights the fuck out of his ex-wives. So now Cody wants to project that behavior on to them. Now, Janelle says she isn't gaslighting and of course she's not. And Cody says he was only asking everyone to obey the rules of their home. Notice, this isn't about the Rona or the protocols, but Cody wants to deflect. He wants to pin everything and make everything about the Rona. He wants to focus on that rather than his own bad behavior and taking accountability for that. So Cody says he just wanted everyone to obey the rules of their home. And Janelle says she agreed to the CDC rules and he had more rules. Of course, he had his protocols. And so it was never good enough for him and the CDC rules, their protocols, which she followed, that wasn't good enough for him. And she wasn't going to turn their boys out in the middle of a pandemic. Now, Cody says the boys chose to have their social lives and he tells Janelle that she keeps circumventing the culpability here. And he says she keeps wanting to put it on him and she is wrong. She's dead wrong. And he's yelling and shouting. He's pointing his finger. His face is getting twisted up and angry. He's getting very condescending. And Janelle says this goes way beyond Cody saying last time, well, we're an alcoholic family. We're shoving everything down. It's way beyond that. And Janelle tells Cody it goes beyond that. And Janelle tells Cody he got sick. And now there are new rules. New reasons as to why the family can't get together. Some reason, some rule, something preventing them from getting together. Now, Cody asks, what new rule? And Janelle says, the boys have to mea culpa and say they are sorry. And Janelle wonders, sorry for what? What should the boys be sorry for? And Cody raises his voice. He aggressively points his finger at Janelle and he tells Janelle, I corrected that and you know it. And he shouts, stop using that one. And he tells Janelle 
You are hanging your hat on that one and you're wrong. And Janelle tells Cody, no, because he yelled that at her many times, two times. They had a conversation and he yelled and he told Janelle the boys had to apologize. And then he backtracked when it was too late. And he asks, I'm not allowed to be angry at this entire experience. And Janelle is complaining that they had these conversations. He was yelling at her. And Cody's getting increasingly angry now. He's yelling and he's asking her if he's not allowed to be angry. Cody goes on, I'm not allowed to be angry at this entire experience. The lack of loyalty, the lack of trust, the lies, the gaslighting. Cody sounds fucking mental. Now, Janelle tells Cody he is the one gaslighting her. And Cody says, no, I'm not. He's not gaslighting her. He's like a toddler. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Janelle tells Cody he is gaslighting her. And Cody says, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Now, Janelle tells Cody he is. And Cody says he is trying to actually make Janelle responsible in the relationship. He's not flipping the script. He's trying to actually make Janelle responsible in the relationship. He's not flipping the script. Cody is very fucking condescending and he yells at her like almost in the way an unregulated parent might yell at a child. The whole thing feels very gross and condescending. Now, when Cody mentions flipping the script, I'm thinking to myself, now, does Cody mean like he and Robin constantly do flipping the script, rewriting history to play the victim? Now, Janelle says, This is wild. You can tell that she is shocked. She is really taken aback in a very bad way by this. And she asks Cody, what have I done? What have I done? And Cody says he isn't talking about the rules he made for Christmas time. He says that wasn't necessary because no one was being honest about what they were doing anyways. So Cody's trying to go back about the Rona and harp on that and go back to that and go back to that and say that his sons are liars and everybody's a liar. Now, Janelle followed the CDC guidelines, which is more than sufficient. Uh, I'm sure Cody's kids, when they hang out with their friends or went to work, they probably did bring hand sanitizer. I don't think they're complete idiots. You, When you're young, you have to live. You have to have a social life. I'm sure they were careful as much as they could be. You're going to have friends. You're going to have a social life. It's impossible to ask someone to sit hostage in their house. As long as you, you know, use hand sanitizer, wear a mask, you know, during that time, whenever you could try to keep your distance from people you don't really know. And, you know, you have your group of friends. Yeah, you're going to have friends. You're not going to sit hostage in your house, nor should you. You know, you never know when it's your time. And I hate to be morbid or think about this stuff like any minute I could walk down the street tomorrow, a car could hit me. That could be it. That could be the end of Mary Jane, you know? So you never know what's going to happen or when your time is going to be. It could come from anything. It could come from the flu. It could come from this. It could come from that. It could come from the Rona. It could come from anything. You never know when your time is. And yes, should you be cautious? Should you be careful? Yes. Should you try to wash your hands? Should you try to wear a mask when this stuff is going on? Sure. But should you stop your life and stop living because, oh no, this could come or that could come. Anything could come at any time. So you don't stop living your life.
be cautious, be careful, but you can't be paranoid and you can't be afraid and you can't stop living. Once you're born into this world, the clock is ticking. You never know when it's your time. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to pay taxes. Those are the only sure things in life. You got to accept it and you got to live. Now, Cody complains that the boys had social lives. They weren't honest, blah, blah, blah. And Janelle adds, but oh, he and Robin are the paragons of honesty and perfection. Now we know even Robin didn't always follow Cody's protocols. Do you guys remember when Janelle brought her over like a towel warmer, some kind of like, I believe it was a birthday gift. And I didn't see uh, Robin leave the box outside to air out or wipe down the box or any of that stuff that was on the list of things that they're supposed to do. She just threw it directly in her house. Not even one fuck given, no thought about the protocols. Now, if those were things, those Cody's crazy protocols that were overboard, way overboard, uh, if she followed them on the regular, she wouldn't have thrown that box in her house without even a second thought. So even Robin didn't follow the protocols. Now, Cody tells Janelle that he thought that it was hypocritical to make one family do everything he wanted, but not to have everybody else do it too. Now, Janelle says she asked for the rules way back in March. She asked for them and Cody told everybody to just do what they wanted to do. And Cody says he told everybody the rules. Gabe knew the rules the whole time because Cody claims they had daily conversations. Cody says he and Gabe had daily conversations about the protocols and stuff. And that's why he knew Gabe was gaslighting him. Gabe wasn't gaslighting his dad. He probably knows how intense his dad is, how overboard his dad is. He knows it's bullshit. He knows maybe he sees his friends, but he is careful And he knows his dad will have a fucking coronary and he just wants to have a life. He's not going to be dictated to and controlled. He's not going to be held hostage in his home. I'm sure he's a smart enough kid to use hand sanitizer. And if he absolutely has to, if he's in a super crowded place, he's going to throw a mask on in that pandemic time. They're not stupid. They're just not going to allow themselves to be controlled by someone who doesn't even know what the fuck they're talking about. You could follow CDC and do your best, but I mean, you're not going to stop your life. You're not going to be controlled with some guy who's not even a doctor coming up with a bunch of rules that he doesn't even follow himself. I doubt Gabe was gaslighting Cody. Cody was gaslighting the fuck out of his whole family. And in my opinion, those rules weren't even really about the Rona. Those rules that Cody created were meant to be a barrier so that He knew not everyone would be able to meet those rules, meet those demands that he was making that were unreasonable, and then he could use it as an excuse to justify why he can't be around them. He can blame it on them and say, well, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. I told you you have to do X, Y, and Z. It's your fault I'm not there. Then he gets out of his responsibility. He doesn't have to be a plural father. He doesn't have to be a present plural husband in all the households. He could just be at the one place he wants to be and he could blame it on the other people. That's what his COVID rules were about. And this is utter fucking bullshit. Cody gaslighted everyone in the fucking family. And then he wants to say Gabe gaslighted him. That's bullshit. Now, Cody keeps harping on the Rona 
and on this and on that, anything but himself and his own accountability. And Janelle warns Cody, this is deeper than that. This is way deeper than that. And Janelle says the kids are very frustrated for many reasons. There are a lot of reasons they're frustrated. And Cody is just acting like this is about the kids disrespecting him over COVID. But she says it's bigger than that. And this whole, you need to apologize. Cody says they were lying, meaning his boys were lying. Get over it. And Janelle says this, you need to apologize to Robin and to the family because of Robin. And Cody says he corrected that pretty strongly. And Cody says they needed to apologize for blaming Robin for what was going on. And Cody says that the boys sat there and they admitted that they blamed Robin. And Janelle says when Cody was gone for four or five months, the kids really started to get angry. And Cody says he wasn't gone for four or five months. Cody says Janelle knows that. According to Cody, it's an exaggeration. It's a lie. Cody asks Janelle very condescendingly, do you understand that you lie? And he tells her that's the reason that he calls her the Teflon queen. Now, it's so wild to Janelle that Cody thinks she lies. And Janelle says she doesn't lie. And she's shocked. She says this is wild to her. Cody says Janelle lies about what has happened and what's been going on. And Janelle thinks it's absolutely wild to her that Cody thinks that she lies because she thinks he is manipulative. Amen, amen, amen. Now, Cody asks Janelle, tell me, tell me how I'm manipulative. And Cody then gets super fucking dramatic and he loses his marbles. And there is a photo of him in the thumbnail. He points directly at the cameras. He gets really angry and he raises his voice and he says, no, no, tell the world, tell the world. And he's pointing aggressively like a fucking idiot. He's pointing at cameras and he says, tell the world, tell the world, and then go hang out with your buddy, Christine. He says, tell the world. He's pointing at cameras. He's gesturing, screaming in the camera. Tell the world how I've lied, how I've manipulated, how I've done you wrong. And Cody says that Janelle likes to sit right here on the confessional couch, shit talking him without ever having that conversation with him to his face. And Janelle admits this is one thing about them being public and their lives being recorded. They hear things that they don't say to each other, that they don't say to each other's faces. Next, Cody tells Janelle he made all the efforts to love them, his kids. He made the efforts to join them together. He made the efforts to make everything work. He made the effort. He was Atlas carrying this family on his shoulders. And the minute that he shrugged it off. Now, I'm not even going to get into his reference here into Atlas Shrugged and those ideologies and things. But Cody acts like he made this huge sacrifice when it is his 
duty and it's his responsibility to be a father to all of his kids and to uphold his family. It's his job to make efforts to be inconvenienced and to hold up his end of the deal and to own his choice to have a plural family. He made this choice to have a plural family and he doesn't get to bandy it around. Look at all I sacrificed. Look at all I did. This is what he is supposed to do as if he deserves a fucking prize for it, as if he did so much. Listen, Cody falls short and Cody didn't hold up his end of the deal with the four women he built this family with. He also dropped the ball with his kids. And Cody now wants to carry around his sacrifice like a trophy. When does Cody ever recognize the sacrifices Christine made to raise and nurture his kids? When does Cody ever recognize the sacrifice Janelle made as the primary breadwinner for his family? Cody plays the victim, he deflects, he's a manipulative little coward who projects, he makes excuses, he pities himself, he plays the victim, he treats his family like shit. He says it all when he refers to his family as the obstacles to his goals in life. It's not an effort to love your kids. It's not an effort to be there to support your kids and support your family. It should be intuitive. It should be instinctive. It should be natural. And the fact that Cody says he made all the efforts to love his kids, to unite his family, it says it all. It shouldn't be an effort to love your kids. It shouldn't be an effort to be present for your family. It shouldn't be a trophy you hold up and say, look what I sacrificed. It shouldn't be something you want to be praised for like a hero. That's bullshit and that's utter nonsense. Now, Janelle says she thinks he just said he didn't want to be a polygamist husband anymore. Janelle speaks the truth. She tells Cody he is trying to do this all to try and justify. She says Christine is gone and now he is pushing her out the door. Cody says he isn't pushing Janelle out and he says he showed up there, didn't he? And Janelle says he is forcing her to choose between him or her children. And she says it's been a week. Cody has gone a week without visiting, without even calling. And she doesn't know when he is even going to come over. He's doing weird things. And Cody asks Janelle if she is really doing a relationship with him. And he tells her he needs her to stop blaming him for everything. He needs her to start being culpable for what she has done. Cody says the boys lies and he couldn't get them to abide by the rules. And Cody says the boys didn't like his Rona protocols and they were young and they didn't think they would be affected by it. And their attitude was sure, dad, whatever. They continue to date. They continue to socialize and they continue to see their friends. Of course they did. And they brought the Rona home from that whole time. They said that they were being careful and they were doing what their dad said, but they weren't. And Cody tells Janelle that the boys blamed him for the choices they made. Cody says they were not culpable. When is Cody ever culpable for anything he does? When does Cody take the accountability? 
Cody says, that isn't gaslighting. That is accountability. That's rich. He's going to teach accountability. Okay, sure. Cody never takes accountability for a damn thing. And then he projects his bad behavior, his toxic tactics onto others. He deflects. This whole thing isn't about COVID. This isn't about his sons. This isn't about the Rona. But Cody is deflecting to make it about that to avoid his bad behavior and his accountability. He wants to manipulate and try and deflect to focus on the boy's accountability, on Janelle's accountability, on the COVID, on this, on that, as long as it's not on him and his precious Robin. Now, COVID is a real thing. And yes, if you have pre-existing conditions, it can be dangerous. Anything in life can kill you. You can cross the street and a car can hit you and it can be your time. You can get the flu, the Rona, anything can happen. You never know when your time is. Now, you can follow CDC guidelines, but you still have to live your life. You can't be held hostage in your home because something might happen. Now, Cody made his own protocols. He made his own rules that were more stringent than the CDC guidelines. And it wasn't about the Rona or protecting his family from the Rona for Cody. This was about control and it was about creating a situation where he could create shifting goalposts and impossible hoops to jump through so that when his demands couldn't be met, his impossible demands couldn't be met, he could then blame the other wives and the kids, the ones who wouldn't be controlled, the ones who wouldn't be held hostage in their homes so he could blame them for not meeting his demands as the reason why he could not be there. It's their fault, not his. So Cody doesn't have to own it, own it. That's why he did that. It wasn't about the Rona. It was about control, knowing that his kids would refuse it, that they weren't going to be able to do it, and then knowing he could use that as an excuse that he felt in his mind would be justifiable to not be there as a husband and father in all the households. And it's utter bullshit to put it on the Rona. It's bullshit. All because Cody wanted to have an excuse to stay at Robin's house. This isn't about COVID. If it was, Cody would have been more than content with the CDC guidelines. And if he cares so much about protecting the lives of his family, why was he not with his child who was closest to death, closest to risk, during her major surgery. Why wasn't he there with her? Because he couldn't leave the favorite wife's side for more than a few days because she doesn't like him being away from her kids for too long. That's what that was about. He chose that over being with his daughter who was in the most danger, who needed him to be there with her. If this was really about life and protecting life and protecting his kids, he would have been there with that daughter during her major surgery. Cody acts like he is the person who sacrificed for this family. He throws that word around a lot, his sacrifice. He's Atlas carrying the world on his shoulders. Guys, he sacrificed to love Christine. He sacrificed but he never upholds and appreciates the sacrifices the mothers of his kids made for him to tolerate him to make this work. Janelle was the primary breadwinner. The family would be homeless without her. Robin and her precious children would have no roof without Janelle and Mary's large contributions for that goblin's lair. 
and Christine sacrificed to be the primary caregiver to most of the kids in the family. And she was the heart of the Brown family, and she still is, even with her departure. Don't ever see Cody mentioning any sacrifice, but what he perceives as his own sacrifice. And whenever any of the kids mention Christine or Janelle's sacrifice, Cody wants to minimize it. He wants to say, oh, it was a long time ago and distance it and try and invalidate it. But his sacrifice is, oh, look at it. I'm going to hold it up like a trophy. I'm going to hold up my prize, what I sacrificed. And I expect to be treated like a hero for it when he's supposed to be the one holding his family up. He's supposed to be the one making an effort, keeping the kids together, keeping those relationships. That's on him. He's supposed to do it and he wants a prize for it and he wants to hold it up and get accolades for it. Fuck that. Cody uses COVID and the protocols as a deflection, as a place to place blame, as a place to deflect on others, to remove the accountability from himself in his failed relationships, to shift the blame onto the others. This isn't about COVID and keeping his family safe. Janelle and her kids did nothing wrong. They may have traveled, they may have had social things, but they followed the CDC guidelines to the best of their abilities. That's really all anyone can do. You can't stop living just because you could die. There's always a possibility that you could die any minute of every day, COVID or not. Once you're born, that's it. The clock is ticking and you never know when it's your time. Now, during the pandemic, Cody's family needed him. And instead of Cody being there, instead of showing up, Cody was a coward. He hid behind the hoops he set. He knew the family would be unable to jump through those hoops. And he did it with intention because he wanted to be free of his burden. He wanted to be free of his responsibilities. He wanted to be free of the people he called the obstacles to his goals in life, his family. And he thought he would then justify his absence and blame everyone else for his absence because Cody ultimately only cares about himself. He cares about his optics. He doesn't care about the obstacles to his goals in life. His family, he seems to resent them. The Rona wasn't first brought into the family by the boys. It was first brought into the family, at least from what we see on the show, from the gathering at Robin's house when the nanny had just gotten COVID a few days before. That's where it originated in Cody's family. They had a family gathering. It was Ari's birthday. And then people started getting sick. Now, Janelle says Cody made this about all these other problems that they had that they can't sweep under the rug. Now that's the new hoop to jump through. And Cody says he did not. He keeps yelling it like a toddler. I did not. I did not. Now, Janelle says, wow. When Cody starts just going off the deep end, she looks shocked. She looks floored and she just says, wow, she is shocked. And Cody tells Janelle to stop talking like he is just an idiot here. And Janelle asks Cody to please stop talking to her like that. Cody is incredibly rude. He's so disrespectful. And he tells Janelle that he has seen what she has done the entire time. And he's really talking down to her like he is the parent and she is the child. I've used condescending a million times in this episode, but that's exactly how Cody is behaving. 
And Cody says, number one, Janelle undermined the basic rules he had. She made fun of him to the boys. That's what he thinks in his paranoid mind. And he asks Janelle, have you ever had my back? Have you ever been a team with me? Have we ever co-parented? Cody tells Janelle her co-parent was Christine. And he asks her why. And Janelle tells Cody it's because he was never available and he has never been available and he showed favoritism. Cody's response is that is such a lie and he says it's an excuse and he says that's every excuse every polygamist woman that finds a problem with polygamy makes that the husband has a favorite. Cody says it's bullshit. Janelle says it's wild to her because Robin is so perfect at least in Cody's eyes. I don't think anyone else thinks she's perfect. Now, Cody points at Janelle and he asks, when did I say that? When did I say Robin was perfect? Cody then accuses Janelle of being jealous. He says Janelle is jealous and she is bringing Robin into something that isn't hers to be owned. There's a lot Robin could own, of course, but she will never take accountability ever She's just as toxic as Cody, if not more. They're probably equal as far as toxicity goes. Janelle says Cody made this about something way bigger than COVID. It's about something way bigger than COVID. And Cody says, no, the boys made this about Robin. And that's the only reason Robin ever got brought into it. Fuck no. This has nothing to do with Robin being brought into this because of the boys, because of COVID. Robin was an issue since day one when she came into the family and she was the favorite since before they even got married. When Robin came into the family, Cody stopped doing fair and equal across the board and he invested more in Robin and her kids. And also, Christine, Janelle, and Mary saw that Cody was capable of more. He was capable of giving a higher level of investment, of giving more of really being there as a father, of being present, of being communicative. They saw Robin get all that while they got crumbs. It's not the boy's fault that Robin got brought into this. And Robin didn't get brought into this just because of COVID. Goblin got brought into this from day one when she received different treatment and different levels of investment than everyone else for herself and for her kids. Cody goes back to the same broken record and he doesn't think Janelle has ever admitted her culpability in the problems in this family. And Janelle thinks it's wild that Cody is blaming her for this. It's preposterous. Cody says he isn't blaming Janelle for everything. He just needs her to back him up. And Janelle says Cody is the one who said that the boys couldn't come until they apologized. Cody tells Janelle to stop, that he corrected that, and she hasn't listened. And Cody says he even apologized for demanding an apology. Now, Janelle asks Cody, listen to me. Hear my voice. Listen to me. Hear me. And she says, Cody didn't apologize. And Cody says he did apologize for asking for an apology. He apologized four weeks ago. He apologized, and then he said, He needed to get together to talk with the boys, but it wasn't about them apologizing any longer. It became a conversation. Janelle disagrees. She says that's not how that happened, and it was after she already made her plans when Cody decided to backtrack. 
And Cody had admitted that he had the conversation with Janelle a couple of times about the boys apologizing. He was very insistent on it. And then suddenly at the last minute, he backpedaled. So he admitted at one point why he could see why Janelle had thought that and communicated that to her boys because he was insistent on it several times. And then suddenly he backtracked and changed the apology to a conversation. So at one point, Cody agreed that yes, he had asked for an apology. They had a conversation where he understood why Janelle requested of the boys that they needed to apologize because he demanded that and that he understood why basically this whole situation was happening. Now he's changing it. Janelle feels like she is being gaslit and she is being told that Cody said something that he didn't say. And Cody feels like Janelle is using that term because he used that term first. That Janelle is using the term gaslit suddenly because she heard it from Cody first. That is so fucking immature. I said it first. It's my red car. It's my red car. If I was married to a man child like that, I would seriously probably want to fucking poke my eyes out every day. That is fucking suffocating. I could never live like that or tolerate that. Fuck no. Oh, Janelle explains that she came into this conversation expecting to use that term gaslit, gaslighting. She feels like Cody is constantly gaslighting her and she knew she was going to use that term before they even had the conversation, before Cody threw that word out. Now, Cody tells Janelle there is a problem in the family, there is a problem that needs to be solved, and everything is just too hot now and everybody thinks he is the bad guy. And so Cody doesn't expect to see everybody at Christmas and he doesn't expect to see her. Next, Cody tells Janelle that she has cheated him out of his contact with his family. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Janelle says this isn't her fault. He asked them. He asked them. And she hasn't done anything. He asked them who they blame. He flat out asked the boys who they blame. And Cody says they blame him because Janelle blames him. And Janelle says she doesn't blame him. And Cody says he saw Janelle mock his rules. And Janelle says she has seen him call her all kinds of names. He's been very disrespectful. And Cody asks cynically, like what? That she's lazy about the rules? That she won't accept accountability? And Janelle says, in the very beginning, she kept... And Cody refuses to hear Janelle. He just keeps making the same points, deflecting back to COVID, deflecting back to his sons being liars, deflecting back to Janelle and his paranoid narrative in his sick mind that she keeps him from her kids. He refuses to hear Janelle's voice. He's cut her off this whole time like a broken record repeating his bullshit. He overtalks Janelle. He won't even let her get a sentence out. And he says, no, no, that Janelle has made this excuse forever. He won't even let her get the excuse out. Janelle asks Cody to shut the fuck up and let her talk for a minute. And he keeps cutting her off. He has no respect for her. And then Cody gets up and he says, no, no, no. And he says, there is no interest in understanding each other here. And there is only a bitterness that has no 
place. Cody says he doesn't expect Janelle to try and help him co-parent the kids with her. He says it's too late. They will never do that. So Cody asks Janelle, so what partnership do we have? Janelle tells Cody it's not only her. And she tells him, don't you dare point your finger at me. He's been aggressive, raising his voice in her face, shoving his finger in her face. And she has had enough. Cody throws his cup down aggressively in the sink. And he says he has been here day long, in and out for all of these years without her support. While she was deciding what she was doing without consulting him. And he's pointing his finger. He's being rude as fuck, being disrespectful. And Janelle tells Cody, let me tell you what. And Cody leaves. He's angry. He's storming off. He's being animated. And she asks Cody to stay and talk. And Cody says he isn't going to stay. He is done. He's done listening to her. He isn't staying and talking because she isn't listening. Janelle says he isn't listening to her. And he says he isn't going to. And Janelle says, so we're done. And Cody says, goodbye, really bitterly. And he slams the door and Janelle yells, fuck you. Janelle then tells the camera guys to shut it off. It's tense. It's toxic. And Janelle explains Cody just left. She got into this conversation wanting to keep it logical. And she figured they would take this step by step. But really, truly, she doesn't think Cody wants to try. He is looking for an excuse See, Janelle knows Cody wants out and he's trying to turn this all around on her. And Janelle is a very intelligent, she is a very intelligent, strong woman. And she knows Cody's playbook. And Janelle says they were throwing accusations at each other about what was going on. And Janelle says it was shocking. It was shocking and she was really upset when Cody left. And it felt like there was a finality to it. So now Janelle is worried about what happens to her. And she wonders, moving forward, do I live here? Do I still build? She says it feels like she and Cody are no longer going to be a couple. She says it was dramatic. There was so much buildup. The words were harsh, but the feeling was harsher. And it felt like she and Cody were done. And Janelle says it took her a half hour to overcome the shock of the conversation they just had. She called Cody and she told him, come get your stuff. Good for Janelle. Good for Janelle. She deserves way better. I personally cannot stand a dynamic when one person treats the other person like they are beneath them. I cannot fucking take that. I can't watch that. I can't see that. So I am so happy that she has freed herself from that poison. She's beautiful. She's a very smart woman. She deserves better. No one. No one deserves that. So in Janelle's mind, Cody is now out of the house, but she explains her faith, her religious beliefs, her spiritual beliefs don't allow for you to just walk away because things are hard. So Janelle doesn't really want to see Cody. She knows that Cody feels the responsibility. He feels like he can't leave a wife because it's bad on him if he leaves a wife high and dry. If he says, I'm no longer married to you. 
And so his pattern seems to be that he just ignores that person and ignores them. And it feels to Janelle like Cody wants her to say it's over because he doesn't want the responsibility of being the husband who says, I don't want to be married to you anymore. You see what a coward Cody is? Now, Janelle says after she got over the shock, after Cody left, she thought, oh my heck, she has nothing financially and she is tied up in this property, Coyote Pass, and everything as far as her estate is tied into the land. Any kind of savings, any kind of money, anything she has is tied up in this property that they haven't paid off yet. And Janelle says she's a smart woman and she has done this very dumb thing, and she trusted in this family structure, and now she is really stuck. She is 50, and she has nothing. After all those years of being the primary breadwinner, of really financially supporting the family and being the main one to do it along with Cody supplementing that, now she has nothing, nothing, and she is at Cody's mercy to pay off the land, to move, to do something so that she is able to have assets for her and for her kids should she want to leave. Because let's remember, she is not legally married to the guy. He doesn't care to do the right thing by her after all she sacrificed to financially support his family for years. He doesn't give a fuck. He's living in the goblin's lair, largely paid for on her back and Mary's back with their Vegas house proceeds and with the joint family account that she probably was the primary contributor to. And now she has nothing to show for it. And all her money is tied in this land that hasn't been paid off yet. And she knows she can't trust the father of her kids, the man she sacrificed so much for, the man she did everything for financially to keep his family afloat. She can now not trust him to make sure that she's okay when she wants to leave. That's how much of a dick this guy is. So now Janelle is really stuck. She's 50. She has nothing. And Janelle says they moved to Flagstaff and they bought this property. They had this vision that they would all build on the land. They got the land by paying mostly cash for it. But they had to take a property mortgage on a portion of it. If they don't pay it off, they lose the land. And she says Cody sticks his head in the sand when he knows he is sitting on a property with Robin four acres in a house, and he doesn't care about Janelle's financial situation. Let's also not forget Robin and Cody's Goblin's Lair was paid for by Janelle and Mary's Vegas house proceeds and money from the joint family account that Janelle was probably the primary contributor to. And Robin is the legal wife. So if Robin leaves Cody, she is set financially for life off of Janelle's back when Janelle now has nothing to show for all of her years of hard work when she was the one to support this whole family. It's really fucked up and Cody doesn't give a fuck about Janelle. Robin probably doesn't lose a wink of sleep as long as each of her kids gets their bedroom and she gets her nanny paid for and her debt paid off when she joined this family and she gets the goblin's lair paid for by Janelle and Mary and the joint family account. Now, Cody says, sure, he and Robin have a home. They have to house their children. And Cody says he tried to help Janelle buy a house. He tried to talk Janelle into buying a home. They had the means to do that. And he says Janelle has ownership in Coyote Pass, and she had the same as everyone else did. 
she didn't really have the same because Cody didn't extend Janelle the same privilege to pay off the land so she could start building using the joint family account, that privilege that was extended to Robin, that privilege that was extended to Christine so she could get a home. Janelle, all her money is tied up in the land. She wants to build on the land and Cody refused to let her use the joint family account to pay off the land. She was only allowed to get help if she were to buy a home because Cody wants to take that land, in my opinion, and he thinks he's going to be some boss, bitch, developer, some land guru, and he's going to build rentals and make bank off of Janelle's back, probably. He's that big of a dick. So according to Cody, Janelle has ownership in Coyote Pass. She had the same as everyone else did. And Cody says Janelle has just as many assets as the rest of them. See, he doesn't give a fuck that her money is tied up. Now, remember when Cody recently said they don't have the money to pay off the land, knowing all of Janelle's finances are tied up there and they could lose that land and Janelle could lose everything? Now, Janelle says they have the money and they are in the exact same financial situation as when Robin got to use the joint family account to get her home and as when Christine got to use the joint family account to get her home. But Cody refused to let Janelle use the joint family account to pay off the land, even though the money is there. He wants to control the situation and he wants to force Janelle to buy knowing they have to pay off the land ultimately because Cody doesn't want to build. I don't think he ever wanted to build. And if Janelle wanted to buy a home, my guess is Cody would allow her to have used the joint family account. But because she wanted to build, that option wasn't available to her just like it was to Christine and Robin. Because Janelle wanted to build, that option of the joint family account wasn't available to her with Cody knowing all this woman sacrificed as the primary breadwinner for decades to feed and clothe and house all of his wives and kids, to work as the primary breadwinner, and knowing Robin's house was largely funded by Janelle's Vegas house proceeds, by Mary's Vegas house proceeds, by the joint family account that Janelle was the primary contributor to. This is financial abuse. Cody refuses to reciprocate. He doesn't lose sleep at night over this, over Janelle's situation, and neither does the goblin. And all of this probably feels like one huge betrayal when you give all that only to realize the person you gave everything to doesn't have one fuck to give when the chips are down for you and it's time for them to come through for you. Cody didn't want to build from the beginning. He wanted to build rentals and be this big real estate guru. And I think he thought that if he could put off Janelle building, he could weasel his way into building rentals and making his fortune. But Janelle would never let that happen without getting what is hers first. Now, Janelle is in shock. She doesn't know what she will do. She says there are a few people she can talk to about this, like Maddie and Christine. Janelle doesn't even know what she thinks yet. Now, Christine says this Christmas is just a big indication of how split up their family really is. It's the first Christmas in 27 years that they are going to be separate. Janelle is doing Christmas separately with her kids in a rental in Flagstaff, and Christine is grateful that a couple days after Christmas, they are going to Flagstaff, and she needs to be around her family. Janelle needs to be around Janelle and her kids, and she misses them like crazy. We learn that Garrison, Janelle's son, 
also Christine's, is making Christine's famous rolls at his girlfriend's house. And it's super cute. Christine is video chatting with him to help him. And Christine feels honored by this. Those rolls are Grandma Janelle's recipe. And Garrison says Janelle and Christine's kids have always been very close. And Christine stayed home. She did the cooking. And Janelle was always working. And Christine and Janelle's kids are very bonded. And despite everything going on, Janelle and Christine's kids cherish the relationships that they have. And Christine says Janelle has always been super generous with her kids. She's been involved in all of the big things in Janelle's kids' lives. So when Christine left Flagstaff, she felt she was leaving Janelle and her kids behind. And Christine says Garrison calling her, needing her help with the roles, was confirmation that even though she left their dad, she is still going to be in their lives. That is what Christine was hoping for. Christine explains that she and Janelle are they're getting together for a couple of days after Christmas. So all of those Christmas traditions, they are going to do all of them, every single one in those couple of days. Christine is excited that they're hanging on to that tradition. So having those days together is very important to her. Next, Cody, Mary, and Robin get together at Mary's house. Cody has just left Janelle's house after their big blow up and Cody thinks they only had a fight like this maybe five times in their lives. It's pretty intense. So now Cody is at Mary's with Robin because he has plans to talk to Mary to organize Christmas. Cody and Robin walk in the picture of doom and gloom and Mary comments that Cody and Robin just give off this vibe like wah, wah, wah. total doom and gloom. They both look like the definition of misery. Cody says it's a weird place to go to Mary's meeting coming from Janelle's. They're going to be discussing Christmas and the holiday season and Cody doesn't know what there is to discuss. Now Mary wants to know what Janelle is doing and Cody explains that Janelle and Christine rented a short-term rental and Christine isn't coming until after Christmas. Cody thinks Janelle and the kids are trying to shut him out because they're mad at him. Mary feels it's weird that they are being weird right now. And Mary wonders what is going on. She says it's Christmas. It's supposed to be fun and happy and joyful. And Mary asks, is Janelle not coming over with the kids on Christmas? Cody says, no, they aren't getting together. And Robin tells Cody she thought he was talking to her about this. And Cody says they didn't talk. They yelled at each other. Robin is displeased and she asks, you yelled at each other? And Cody says, yeah, we threw rocks at glass houses. Robin feels it's scary and she wonders, what does this mean? She says it sounds like the issues they're having about Christmas are just getting worse. Robin, the counselor, the empath. Wants to know, oh, you guys were just yelling at each other? She asks again. And Cody says, pretty much, he doesn't even know. And Robin wants to know about what? Cody says, he was yelling. He doesn't even know about what he was yelling. And Mary says, it's always dangerous when you have no idea what you are yelling about or why you are yelling. And Cody says, it's the blame game. It's the big blame game about who is responsible about the family splitting up over COVID. 
Cody made it about COVID. It's bigger than that. It's not about COVID. It's not about the Rona. Cody is using this as a deflection completely. This is all about Cody's toxic behavior. This isn't about COVID. This is much bigger than that. Now, Cody says he doesn't know. The boys aren't talking to him. And Mary asks, have you tried? Has he tried to talk to them? And Cody says, um, yeah, he's reached out to basically everybody. But according to Janelle, Cody hasn't reached out, and I don't believe he has. According to Cody and his paranoia, they are making up stories in their mind because everybody is not talking to him, so everybody has some story about how dad is a bad guy. So now, because of this, they're having two separate groups at Christmas. Cody says he threatened to do this last Christmas. And Robin says, Christine isn't going to be here for Christmas. She's coming after Christmas. So it isn't really two groups. And Cody tells Robin that Christine is getting together with Janelle. And Mary clarifies, well, that's after Christmas. And Mary says the fact that their family is not all together and all getting along doing Christmas together this year, it's really weird. And Mary thinks it would just be much easier for her to hole up in her house and not be around. She says it's tense and it's awkward and it's weird. Fuck! Even Mary doesn't want to be around Cody, you see? Now, what Cody gathers from the stuff Janelle was throwing at him is that everybody is making up a story about him. They are talking to each other about it, but they aren't talking to him about it. And now they are all mad at him. Of course, Cody is a victim, guys. Everybody is a liar, guys. Everybody is ganging up on him. Everybody is ganging up to deflect and project. They're colluding. They're making up false narratives about him, false stories. Everything is a lie. Poor Cody. Cody is pissed, and you can tell he's pissed because he's got his two hands on his hips like a woman scorned whenever he's about to lose his shit. Mary tells Cody that Janelle was saying she wasn't going to be the in-between anymore between him and the boys. And Cody tells Mary he wishes Janelle wouldn't be the in-between. But Cody says Janelle is colluding with them, colluding with her boys. Mary asks Cody if he thinks that Janelle is colluding with them. And Cody's response is, absolutely. That's how paranoid this guy is. That's the level of lack of self-awareness he has. Cody's a train wreck. He's paranoid. And Cody treating anyone he has an issue with as an enemy, as a traitor, as a colluder, will not help him have better relationships. Now, Mary says Cody feels angry. And whenever you're angry, you aren't going to see any other perspective. You've got blinders on. But she says, playing the devil's advocate, maybe Janelle is not colluding. Mary thinks when Cody uses the word collude, it means everybody is banding up against him, ganging up against him. And Mary wonders, maybe Janelle isn't doing that. Maybe she isn't colluding. Cody says that Christine and Janelle are doing everything they can to make it so he is not the head of the family. And Cody says, that's fine. Christine explains that basically she became the head of her family and her kids' family out of necessity. She was the one her kids would listen to. 
She was the one her kids would talk to if they needed to feel love or security or acceptance. They got all of that from her. Now, Cody wonders what they are going to do for Christmas. So Cody wants to do Christmas Eve at Mary's house and Christmas morning at Robin's house. And Mary says Christmas Eve has been a fun tradition for her. She usually hosts Christmas Eve and she usually gives the kids Christmas jammies and she used to make them when the kids were younger and there weren't quite so many children in the family. Mary says for her, Christmas over the last few years has changed. It's changed a lot. There is less magic and Mary doesn't know if it's the state of the family or the state of the relationships, but it makes her sad and she says she just needs to make her own magic for Christmas. Mary wonders if she should invite Janelle and her kids or not. Now you can tell Mary would like to invite them, but she's not doing so because of Cody and Robin. Cody asks Mary what she wants to do and Mary doesn't know. Mary feels stuck in the middle and she wants to be real. She says, She is in this place and she isn't saying this to be a jerk, but she feels like there is Christine who left and Janelle who is at odds with Cody. And Mary says she is like the third wheel. She is just here and Mary doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know if she should call and invite Janelle and her kids when Cody and them are all at odds. Robin says it sounds scary and if she could have her Christmas wish, Cody and the boys would get this figured out and they could have Christmas together. And Robin asks rhetorically, do I think it's going to work for them to get together on Christmas Eve without them even talking? And Robin says, no, she thinks there is going to be a fight and that's what she thinks is scary. Mary says she is really trying to do the best she can to be in the family, to be the family, to be a part of the family, to do what the family is doing. And Mary feels like she has been put in a really awkward position. She isn't in the Cody and Robin married club and she isn't in the Janelle and Christine friend club. And if she had her way, the family would all get together and be together regardless. Mary doesn't know what to do. And Mary says if she goes over to Robin and Cody's for Christmas, it's her going over to Robin and Cody's for Christmas. She would be going to Robin and Cody's. If they are going to her house for Christmas, it would be them going over to Mary's house, not Mary and Cody's house. And Mary asks, see the difference? Robin tells Cody that she is trying to figure out if he could be around everybody because last year she knows Cody was struggling with that and he was struggling because of what just happened with the boys. Cody would rather just be around people who really want to be around him. Cody pities himself. Guys, Cody's the victim. Now, Mary asks if it could get ugly if everybody is invited. And Robin wonders, could it get ugly? Cody doesn't know. He says he can't speak to Janelle now. Now they have crossed the line and he has no idea when they will be okay or when they'll talk. And Robin suggests that maybe Cody can just call Janelle up or go over and talk to her. And Cody isn't interested in that. He says there has to be a time when they go long enough to where they can look at each other and have a conversation. Cody says he and Janelle need to sit down in a space and talk about what they want in their lives because he isn't sure Janelle wants him in her life. Robin asks Mary if she's going to invite everybody. 
See, Robin doesn't want everybody there. She doesn't want the drama. She doesn't really care if everyone is there. She just wants a nice Christmas for herself and her kids. All she cares about is her kids having a fun Christmas. She doesn't care how awkward Mary feels not inviting everyone to her house. Cody doesn't care. Robin kind of coached the situation in front of Mary to make it so Cody would say he preferred it to just be them. And Robin brought up things maybe getting ugly, getting Mary to want to back off from inviting everyone to her house, even though if Mary had it her way, she probably would invite everyone. Now, Mary says she probably will not invite everybody. She says she is in the situation in the family where not even in the family, but with people in general, they feel like she is here picking sides. And Mary says if it happens to be that she does Christmas with Cody and Robin, it doesn't mean she is picking a side. It means that Cody and Robin are just interested in having her around. It doesn't mean she is choosing sides. Cody the coward says he just wants to run away from everybody who has been so uncool about what he has tried to do to protect the family. He says they're all like, well, you weren't trying to protect us. This is that bullshit narrative like a broken record over and over that Cody was trying to protect his family. This is Cody's bullshit narrative, his bullshit way to spin this, that this is over COVID, that he was trying to protect his family, that that's why all of the relationships suck now. This is about way more than COVID. A COVID situation and Cody's demands, that's not why he has bad relationships with his kids. That's not why he has now ex-wives. It's not about just the COVID. That's a minor thing in this huge forest of issues. Cody is using this bullshit Rona thing as an excuse to deflect from his own bad behavior and from his own accountability. He wants to make this about COVID over and over when it isn't. Now, Cody says he was trying to protect everybody, but some people don't want to do that. Cody isn't the savior who is being persecuted by his family when he is trying to protect them. He isn't a martyr. He isn't a victim. And his kids avoiding him and his wives wanting nothing to do with him. None of that has anything to do with the Rona. This is about Cody's actions. This is about his bad behavior. This is about his toxic playbook. This is about his lies, his deflection, his projection, and his refusal to take accountability. And his false narrative, it's also about his favoritism to Robin and avoiding addressing that. He uses COVID to avoid addressing the favoritism to Robin and her kids while neglecting everyone else in the family. And he's blaming it on COVID and the goalposts he created that he knows are impossible to jump through. And he blames everyone for their choice not to be controlled by him. All of it is bullshit. He's blaming it on COVID. He's using deflection and manipulation. It's all bullshit. If Cody is so interested in protecting his family, why the fuck could he not make it to his daughter's major surgery? If Aurora were getting major surgery, would Robin tolerate that Cody not attend because of his protocols so he could be there for the rest of his family? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you think that would fly? Now, Cody says nobody feels safe. Nobody feels like they can be with another person 
without being triggered constantly. And Cody says it's weird because with normal people, they can shit talk him and he thinks, well, fuck you. I'm getting away from you. But he says with your family, it's different and it triggers you. There is this feeling that they have all been done wrong. Cody says the flames are on the bridge and he thinks most of them are just walking away from the bridge, wondering if the bridge is strong enough to hold up or if it's going to burn down. I'd say the bridge burned down a long time ago. Cody still doesn't get the catastrophic damage he has done to his family. The bridge is ashes and he still thinks it's burning down. He still doesn't get it. Next time on Sister Wife Season 18 Episode 4, A Deal with the Devil, it's Christine's first separate Christmas. And Janelle is doing her Christmas separate too. Now, Janelle doesn't expect that they will see Cody. It's been awkward. And Cody hasn't said a thing. He hasn't called or texted Savannah at all. And Savannah says they were one big family and now they are kind of separate. Cody says he gets in this place where he thinks, well, he should just be the devil he thinks he is now. And Cody's friend Nathan makes an appearance and he says they can deny it to themselves But Robin is in for a ride and any of the other wives that stay with Cody are in for a ride. So even Cody's friend thinks Cody is going off the deep end. Wow, wow, wow. I wish instead of the filler crap they put in the first two episodes, they opened the season with this episode. It would have been far more impactful. That does it for this episode. I'll be back next week with the next episode of Sister Wives. To my YouTube listeners, don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like this episode, and let me know your thoughts on Cody this episode in the comment section. To my podcast listeners, don't forget to follow this podcast wherever you listen and rate it with all the stars. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.